three. Season 2, Episode 1. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. What is going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Fazy's Take Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Fazy, and it is good to be hearing my own voice again. I'm happy to be recording again. I'm happy to get the podcast back on the road. A lot's going on since the last time I talked to you. Okay, we, I did a, an internship at the Big 550 KTRS, the talk of St. Louis. Wonderful radio station. Highly recommend listening to it for all my St. Louis folks. The big sports show every night from 7 to 9 p.m. with Brennan Weesey is the show that I was on. Fantastic show. A lot of good guests coming on uh, for anyone that's into St. Louis sports or sports in general. Brennan's a smart guy. And he will give you all the information you need to know. And if he doesn't know it, he's got somebody on the show that does. But I had a lot of fun with that. I got to do some live on-air segments. Got to meet some really cool people over the phone. Um, and really enjoyed it. Got a lot of experience. Huge shout-out to uh, Big 550 KTRS, Brendan Weesey, Luis, uh, all the guys over there. Huge thank you for allowing me to learn from you, to speak on the show, all that stuff. Loved it, and I can't wait to be back in the winter and next summer. But since then, I have moved back into school in the Berg. Life is good. I've moved everything in all nice. I got a nice room. I got a king-size bed. Never had that before. Uh, but soundproofing this place is tough because the walls are cinder blocks. The floor is tile. I'm right next to a stairwell. So anybody could come up uh, and start yelling. Doors pretty loud. Um, the refrigerator right next to my desk likes to kick on at random times. Um, that can be a little bit loud, so I'm sorry if you guys hear that. Luckily, I can turn my AC fan off, so that's good. That can control the sound a little bit. But we're working on soundproofing. So if I sound echoey, I do apologize. I'm trying to figure out the best way to do that. But I'm looking forward to season two. A lot of big things coming up. Um, with the help of Zoom, I can now have uh, people on the show. Uh, shout out to my buddy Jack, who kind of showed me how that works as I was showing him because he's starting a podcast. I don't know what it's going to be called yet, uh, but he's starting one up and I know it's going to be great. I might be on it. If I am, I will let you know. And even uh, if I'm not, I'll plug the name on here so you guys can check that out. Support your local content creators. But I don't know what it's called yet, so we will figure that out soon. But yeah, a lot of big things to come this season. I'm very excited about it, uh, and I hope you guys are too. Listener shoutouts are back for season two. The inaugural listener shoutout goes to my cousin Will Zeller in Kansas City. I just gave him the link to the show last week. So Will, I hope that you have tuned into a little bit of season one and enjoyed it. And I hope that you enjoy this episode and season two 
as you join the fan club of the Faces Take podcast. Small group, but uh, a lot of good people in there. So you're this week's listener shout out. And without further ado, let's get right into the show. It's the start of another episode of the Faces Take podcast. So you know what that means. It's time for Faces Fast Facts. The NBA Draft Lottery took place last night, the top three picks being Minnesota at number one, Golden State at number two, and Charlotte at number three. So the Golden State Warriors have officially gone from hero to almost zero. The head coach of the Washington football team, Ron Rivera, announced yesterday that he had been diagnosed with lymph node cancer. Fortunately, the cancer is very treatable and curable. Thoughts and prayers are with him. Bruins goalkeeper Tuka Rask departed the NHL bubble and announced he will be opting out of the season. Bruins president Cam Neely told reporters that Rask left to tend to a family emergency. One player and one staff member from the New York Mets have tested positive for the coronavirus. Identities for these individuals have not yet been confirmed and their game last night against the Marlins was postponed. And last on the Fazies Fast Facts list, Blazers star Damian Lillard suffered a dislocated finger in their loss to the Lakers last night. He received x-rays that fortunately came back negative, and initial signs indicate that he will be back for Game 3. Those are Fazies Fast Facts. Jumping into baseball, now everyone has an opinion on the Fernando Tatis Jr. situation, and I am going to give you mine. So let me paint you a picture. Top of the 8th inning. Padres are up 10 to 3. Bases are loaded. The count is 3 and 0 on the current MVP frontrunner Fernando Tatis Jr. Most baseball players know what the coach is about to tell you with a 3-0 count. Don't swing. The worst that can happen is you catch a strike and move to 3 and 1. Not a bad count. Now, this is for your average everyday baseball player. In case you haven't seen, Nando is no average player. So, pitch comes in, it's a 92-mile-an-hour fastball in the bottom outside corner. What does Nando do? Well, he cranks an opposite field grand slam, of course. Well, the Rangers weren't happy, thought it was disrespectful, blah 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 You know what I have to say to that? There's no crying in baseball! Tom, I couldn't have said it any better myself. Take your tears somewhere else and try not to be down by seven runs and load the bases in the eighth inning, and maybe this wouldn't happen. And that's all I have to say about that. In other baseball news, my hometown Cardinals are finally recovered from close to three weeks of hell. They had their first few positive tests and got stuck in Milwaukee. After that, they got cleared to travel, came back home to St. Louis, had more positive tests. Now, finally, Yachty made his return last night. Unfortunately, DeYoung did get sent to Springfield. But the fact of the matter is the Redbirds are back in business. Now here is where my frustration with the MLB begins as my fridge turns on right next to my desk. If you can hear that, I apologize. There was no plan. The cases, uh, positive cases were inevitable. We knew that players were going to get the virus. There are so many players in the MLB, 30 guys per roster, plus their, their minor league systems, uh, their taxi squads, everything. We knew that people, that players were going to test positive for the virus. Postponements of games were inevitable because we're not going to play when there's a chance that someone on the field has it. There was no designated time after the regular season for makeup games, even though we knew that cases and postponements were inevitable. We didn't think to say, "Oh, okay, well." Let's designate 
a month, maybe not a month, a few weeks, two weeks after the regular season's done, say, hey, teams that uh, had to miss games because of positive cases, this is your chance to make them up so you don't have to squeeze them in. The best thing that the the MLB did was they made the seven-inning doubleheader uh, games. But even then, you're getting used to playing 14 innings a day instead of nine, putting them at a huge disadvantage for a virus, mind you, they cannot control. It's not their fault that they got the virus, we assume. So we're now punishing teams that have had positive cases. Not even everybody on the team had it. So now guys that didn't even get the virus are being punished for something that they didn't do. They can't control. I think that this was poor, poor planning on the part of the MLB. And I think that it's going to affect the Cardinals. I think that it won't affect the Marlins as much. They didn't miss as much time. But by the time the season's done, we're probably going to have another team that has the same situation. There was no preparation, no proper planning, and just a whole lot of money being thrown around. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to professional sports at their finest. But enough of the anger. Let's move into hockey. As all of you know by now, I am from St. Louis, the home of the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues. Well, up until a few days ago, it seemed that they forgot how to play hockey, at least up to the level that they were playing last year. Now, the Blues are up against some tough competition in the first round. Don't get me wrong. Okay, the Canucks have the reigning Calder Trophy winner in Elias Pettersson, uh, a Calder Trophy nominee in Quinn Hughes, uh, and an all-around just really fast, fast hockey team. So tempo has been huge. Uh, If they can keep a fast tempo going, they're definitely going to have an advantage on whoever they're playing. But the Blues have successfully utilized their biggest strength in this series, which is quite literally their strength. The Blues have landed 192 hits on Vancouver as opposed to their 159. And if they want to keep winning, that's what they need to do. Craig Berube said it in the locker room after Game 3. They need to continue laying the boom because that's the only way to slow down a team with this much speed. Now let me slightly rant about the Jordan Bennington situation. Last year, Benny has a historical season. Okay, Calder Trophy finalist, got robbed of the trophy by uh, Elias Pettersson. So this, if anything, the series should be a grudge match. Uh, but he had a historical season, won a Stanley Cup. Um, viewed as the most unstoppable goalie in the league. Uh, This year, went to the uh, skills competition, won the goalie challenge, the shootout challenge, whatever it was called. And as a city uh, in St. Louis and as a team, I feel like the Blues developed this idea that Jordan Bennington can do no wrong. Jordan Bennington is the GOAT. He, uh, if something happens, it's not his fault. It's someone else's fault. And that's simply not true. Game one, Benny faces 22 shots. He only saved 17. Not good enough. Routine wristers from the blue line should not get past the keeper of his caliber. Game two, Benny faces 25 shots, saved 21. Not as bad, but the reason that this isn't good enough is because the Blues shot the puck 37 times as opposed to the other team's 25. 
but they lost 4-3. to On paper, the Blues are dominating this series easily. They're out hitting the Canucks 192 to 159. They're out shooting the Canucks 193 to 141, a 52 shot difference. The only big difference is that Jacob Markstrom has a save percentage of 927, and the Blues have a combined save percentage of 887. So all things considered, the Blues need to tighten it up uh, if they want to win and if they want to stay alive as they play a do-or-die game tonight, game 6, at 8.45 p.m. So let's hope they can pull it together and stay alive for game 7 because we all know that the Blues are the kings of game 7. Now let's talk some basketball, okay? The playoffs have just started up. The quality of play right now is unbelievable. And since we aren't that deep, I'm going to throw out my predictions for round one. And I made these predictions before games started. I don't know how to prove that to you, but I did. The first matchup is already a big upset in my book. I took the Portland Trailblazers over the Los Angeles Lakers. Now before you crucify me for this, let me explain myself. The Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yes, I know. But the Blazers have one thing that will push them through this round, and that is momentum. People don't realize how important momentum is. Momentum can push a not-so-good team over a really good team. Uh, Dame is on. CJ McCollum is on. Melo is back in prime form. Nurkic is playing like a monster. Granted, last night was an exception uh, because they played pretty poorly, but I wrote this when uh, I was explaining my picks. So it's a little less relevant, but nonetheless, the Blazers are on. They got the momentum on their side, and I think that it's going to push them through this series. Next matchup, I have the Rockets defeating the Thunder. Russell Westbrook uh, is out, uh, but the rest of the team has definitely stepped up. Last game, every single player that touched the floor except for Ben McLemore for the Rockets had 10-plus points. So contrary to popular belief, the Rockets are not just James Harden. They are an actual team, and they are a very good one at that. Next matchup, I have the Nuggets over the Jazz. This one uh, was tough because both teams have a really good dynamic duo keeping them afloat. Okay, In Denver, they have Jamal Murray, uh, Nikolai Jokic, for, uh, that's for Denver, for Utah. They have Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Uh, but my standout factor in why I chose the Nuggets is Michael Porter Jr., Lately, he has been a different player than we have seen. He is back to high school form because his college days were not that great. Dealt with a back injury uh, for a while at Mizzou. Came back, played in the NCAA tournament, and looked like uh, absolute crap. So he has returned to, to high school, Michael Porter Jr. And when Jamal Murray, Nikolai Jokic, and MPJ are all on, the Nuggets look like a team that, comp- that can compete uh, for the Western Conference Final. So for that reason, I think they can handle the Jazz. And finishing out the West with another big upset, I have the Mavs defeating the Clippers. I actually think that Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis are a better duo than LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But the reason I picked them is not just because uh, they are a great duo, not just because I'm not a huge fan of Kawhi Leonard, But it's because they have the same thing as Houston. They have a heavy bench presence. Last game, their bench outscored LA by 10 points. They won by 13. A great bench is the difference between a good team and a really good team. And I just think that the Mavs are more well-rounded, and that is why I chose them. 
Moving into the East, I have the Bucks defeating the Magic in round one. Not much to say here. Uh, when Giannis is out of foul trouble, the Bucks are the best team in the East, no doubt. Uh, the biggest issue that I see with Milwaukee is that they do have a tendency to foul the other team all the time uh, and get into foul trouble, which can kind of hurt them down the stretch. But nonetheless, I like their odds in a seven-game series against Orlando. Next up, a tight matchup between two hot teams, but I took the hotter of two, no pun intended, the Miami Heat. Uh, I've watched way too many Miami Heat games uh, to bet against them at this point, especially against the Pacers, who have a very hot T.J. Warren, who came out of nowhere, kind of like Michael Porter Jr. Um, If John Morant wasn't so good, I would have given Kendrick Nunn uh, the Rookie of the Year award uh, because his level of play is outstanding. Granted, he's out right now uh, with an injury, but I don't think they'll suffer that much. Jimmy Butler's on another level. Duncan Robinson is lights out every night. And last, but most definitely not least, their bench outscored the Pacers in Game 2, 30-18. So you already know how I feel about a well-rounded bench. Heat over Pacers, Round 1. Then we move down to the Celtics and 76ers. And for this one, I sadly chose the Celtics. This one was tough because I really like Philly. And I really don't like Boston sports. But Boston is definitely the better team. Tatum, Kemba, Jalen Brown. I mean, that's a scary lineup. And to cap it off, their depth is off the charts. Their bench outscored Philly's bench 41-20 to last game. And they won by 27. So I definitely think that this one is a lock. Finally, Raptors and Nets for this series. I took the defending champs, the Toronto Raptors. Brooklyn is just not it right now. No Kyrie, no Kevin Durant. I mean, Karis LeVert can only carry so much, and he is not playing phenomenally at the moment. Not to mention Toronto's bench doubles, uh, doubled Brooklyn's bench last game, 34-17. to So this one, I believe, is a no-brainer. If you like my picks, let me know. If you don't like my picks, uh, let me know. But I am definitely going to enjoy watching some playoff basketball this week. Some playoff hockey this week. Um, And all around, having playoffs back, having the intensity of sports back has just been awesome. And I cannot wait to catch some more of it. Well, there it is, guys. Season 2 is underway. I hope you enjoyed. And if you did, make sure to subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're listening to me on. Um, Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at Fazie's Take. And thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you in a week. This has been the Faces Take Podcast.